0: Coming up on studios America, Joe Biden's comments on Russia and Ukraine yesterday have degraded an already bad situation. I'll speak with a foreign policy expert about the damage. The Democrats once again failed to unify the filibuster vote um, You know they want this voting rights bill passed. and. Honestly, if you've ever seen a Wiley e. Coyote and Road cartoon, then you know how this outcome uh, comes about. We'll get into that. And everyone is always accusing me of having nothing good to say about our old, senile, ugly, impotent, idiotic president. But I'm going to prove them wrong today. Let's do Biden's first year. Stew does America. One year of Joe Biden. How's it feeling? Pretty good, huh? <laughs> It's going it's going really well so far. Uh, I think I think you feel it as well. The Joe Mentum is coming. It's hitting us hard right now. Uh, Back in July. Remember those days, the summer, the summer of independence? Oh, yes. Joe Biden was enjoying a 59 percent approval rating back then. Now it's um, 43 percent. Just 28% of Americans say they want Biden to run for re-election in 2024. That includes less than half of Democrats, only 48% of Democrats. Uh, Just 45% say they approve of Joe Biden's COVID-19 policies. Only 37% approve of his handling of the economy. Just 16% think Biden's presidency has made the country more united. Ugly, 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 ugly stuff. It's not pretty. And I will say, you know, everyone's doing kind of a look back this year. Uh, you know, this is when you do it. It's January 20th. We're going to look back at the year of the presidency. How does this first year look? We could match it up with history and do all the things. And I think you might recognize if you watch this show regularly or listen to it on podcasts that I am not a huge fan of the president. I don't think he's done such a great job so far. And so what do you expect from a conservative show, right? We're gonna come on, we're gonna do uh, a year in review, I'm gonna give you all the topics and then I'm gonna give him an F and complain about everything. That's boring. Anybody can do that. So I'm gonna give it, I tried to look for the, the, the positives here. You look for the bright side a little bit here. This is our country And I think if you really look closely, you can find some positives. And I want to go through those today. Um, So let's go get right to it. We have a bunch of topics to kind of go through here today. For example, Joe Biden, category number one, is preventing future wars with Afghanistan. And he's here, Afghanistan, you might think it's a bad grade, but no, I'm going to give Joe Biden an A plus here because he's destroyed the country and its people entirely so that there probably won't be any more wars there. When all the people are dead, how can they commit any, be in the middle of a war? This is the sort of thing that the other people that host shows won't give you. How about increasing our knowledge of COVID-19? Now, COVID-19 is a difficult topic. uh, And you know, he's had a battle. He was promised to shut down the virus. It hasn't gone all that well. But I give him an A plus here because through advanced and efficient spreading of the disease, the population knows much more about COVID-19 now than it did at the beginning of his term, so thank you, Mr. President. Another one going well, two straight A pluses. Next up, how about increasing the average American's knowledge of interest rates? (laughs) I mean, an A plus, nobody thought about interest rates before, now it's skyrocketing inflation, and everyone's thinking about interest rates all the time. They're thinking about prices going through the roof, they're thinking about how they don't have any money left. No one was thinking about those things back when Donald Trump was president. Now they are. So thank you, Joe Biden. How about advanced research for theme park ride efficiency? Now, you might say, what does a president have to do with theme park ride efficiency? Have you ever been to like Disneyland and you're in the queue for hours and hours and hours and it takes forever to get into that ride? And you're thinking to yourself, couldn't someone think of a better way? Well, Joe Biden has. I give him an A plus here because he just basically eliminated eliminated any sort of scrutiny or process from the border crossing. Everyone just gets to flow right across, and then here we go. The line's a lot shorter now. The roller coaster might be a little overpacked, but that's another story for another day. How about enhancing nationwide team dynamics and instilling corporate tribalism? See how I? That's possible. An A plus for Joe Biden. Because he's destroyed any sort of semblance of unity or cooperation between Republicans and Democrats and men and women and black and white and dogs and cats. And pretty much everyone hates each other. And that helps us come up with a strong feeling of team loyalty that we can bring and help all of our activities as we go through our day. This is going well so far. Straight A pluses how about proliferation of 1930s American history? Well, I give him an A plus for that, because since we're kind of all preparing for the Great Depression and hyperinflation due to Biden's economy, he's let people understand the history of the 1930s maybe better than we ever could before. Plus, he's having people make all sorts of discussion, uh, decisions based on skin color, and that was really popular in the 1930s as well. So it's great to learn. So much of this is learning, and I think He's almost like a teacher-in-chief, isn't he? That's great so far. Uh, how about extending the limits of government spending for future administrations? You know, a lot of times uh, you'll have administrations come in and they, they don't know uh, how much they can spend or how much they can get away with. They want to spend more. They want to help you more. But history shows they can't just spend that extra $4, $5, 6000000000000 trillion. Well, Joe Biden is helping with that. And this one we give him... A B. And that's just because he hasn't been able to fully pass Build Back Better. If he can get that through, we will give an A-plus in extending the limits of government spending for future administrations into infinity. Hopefully one day we can be an infinity spending country. That's what we're all looking for, isn't it? (laughs) Just to spend infinity dollars and get almost nothing in return. How about uh, establishing the identifying factors of white supremacy? You know, what's the important part about white supremacy? Well, as you know, it's being white, and for that we give him an A plus because he's been telling all white people that they're pretty much bad. But also being 100 percent wrong on Kyle Rittenhouse pushed this from an A to an A plus. At first I was thinking I said an A, maybe even an A minus. No, no, A plus, and I'm sure Kyle Rittenhouse really appreciated those efforts as well. <laughs> How about assembling a future reenactment? of the 1992 Los Angeles race riots. Most people don't do that. They do civil war reenactments. They do revolutionary war reenactments. Very few people reenact the 1992 race riots in Los Angeles. But this president has been able to encourage that sort of behavior since he walked into office. In fact, his vice president actually bailed people out who were doing it for real. <laughs> so this one's coming. I'm sure we give him an A plus on that one by completely destroying race relations. What a great first year this has been. I mean. Look, if my kid came home with this with this sort of uh, report card, I'd be thrilled. All A pluses, 1B, not too bad. Not too bad. How about establishing effective measures of population control? You know, population control is a big issue if you happen to be a 1970s Paul Ehrlich-type scientist. What is Joe Biden doing for population control? Well, he has been proliferating abortion every way he can. I give him an A freaking plus on that one. Yet another perfect grade for our one zillion year old president but all of these things from Afghanistan being a catastrophe from you spending more for every single thing that you buy for me placing a car 5 month uh, car order 5 months ago today and still not receiving even a word back from the dealership they don't even want to take I want to shovel money onto their desks and they will not take it why well that supply chain is is giving us a few problems here uh, and there so I uh, you got that going on. You got the border. You know, people forget about the border. The border is actually one of the most unpopular parts of the Biden administration so far, even more unpopular than Afghanistan. Uh, We have, of course, COVID-19. We're going to shut down the virus. Is the virus shut down? Have you noticed that lately? Does it feel shut down to you? I just see in the charts look like the brontosaurus. It goes all the way straight up and has a little head at the top, maybe coming down a little bit now. We hope it is. But has that worked out well? Did we have our Independence Day from COVID-19? Now he's you know, sending out masks and shots weeks after the Omicron uh, surge is going to be gone. That's not good. None of this is good. It's been terrible since the beginning. This is why his approval rating is among the lowest of any president since really they had reliable opinion polling, going back to like Roosevelt. So you have to take all that into account And look at an overall grade, right? Now, we did leave out one category, and this category is important, because there's one category that he really ran on. What was the policy that he really ran on? What was the foundation of the reason Joe Biden was elected in the first place? It's important to look at that. And that one, of course, is not being Donald Trump. No one voted for Joe Biden. People are like, how did 80 million people vote for Joe Biden? No one voted for Joe Biden. People just voted against Donald Trump. And you know what? I will say this. I'll give Joe Biden credit here. He definitely, most certainly has not been Donald Trump in any way, shape or form. He has been the furthest thing from Donald Trump. And I guess some people on the left might like that, but I don't think it's working out so well for our country. But To be fair, and we're a fair and balanced program here, not being Donald Trump, we give Joe Biden an A plus. Actually, we'll give him an LGBTQIA plus 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 because he has not been Donald Trump. I don't think that's been a good thing, but I guess that's for you to decide. And I will say, looking at this first year, I did not come in optimistic. I did not think Joe Biden would be a good president. I made that very, very clear to you as we led up to the election. I think Joe Biden was going to be a terrible president, but he has exceeded my wildest expectations. Uh, It's impossible to imagine uh, more incompetence than we've seen here in just one year. I mean, doesn't it feel like a decade? Can you believe this has only been one year? One year ago, This guy was this doddering old fool was sitting up there and and, and getting inaugurated and uh, telling you about all the things he was going to do. He was going to stop the border crisis. He was going to uh, he was going to fix the economy. He was going to end the virus. He was going to do all of these things. None of them done. The only thing the only one that's done is we pulled out of Afghanistan. And how did that work out for us? It was a complete and total catastrophe in every way possible. This is what the presidency has been, a giant, slow, uh, developing car crash that we're all sitting here watching, watching it just uh, wrap around the guardrail. And, you know, I will say watching that that press conference yesterday gave me no joy. You know, I mean, I I, do. I think that he's done such a bad job that he'll probably lose the midterm election in 2022. Sure. But this is our country here. I mean, At some point, you almost wonder, is it irresponsible to even ask him about an issue like Russia, if you're the press? Because he might just blurt out something that starts a world war. it's, It's a terrifying thing to watch happen. This is a man that is completely disconnected from both reality and the American people and to any cognitive ability. He seems completely overmatched by this job. I don't know that there ever was a time that that would not be true, but maybe it was in 1984. I don't know. I mean, I've, I've watched watch clips of him, even when he was when they were running against, you know, he was doing a debate with Paul Ryan or Sarah Palin. He at least looked like he could comprehend life. I mean, he was a liberal. He was wrong. He was rude. He's kind of a jerk and he's kind of been a jerk the entire time. But this is this is going much, much more poorly, much, much more poorly than I think even detractors imagined. And I can tell you, I know a lot of people uh, on the left. I know a lot of people who are moderates. I know people who cast votes for Joe Biden. You know what they say in their quiet times when they're talking to somebody that they're not on TV, they're not on Twitter, they're not on the radio. You know what they say? They say, geez, this was this is not working out. They still don't like Donald Trump, but they know this has been a failure. A giant, big, fat just pile of a presidency that's what this has been so for our final grade joe biden how do we rate him on being president of the united states we give him a g because it's below an f back in a second Do you know what the real secret to effective world-class skincare? is? Ah, it's the goodness of a creamy, one-of-a-kind base that absorbs easily into your skin and targets those forehead wrinkles, laugh lines, crow's feet, under-eye bags, and puffiness, and of course, even a sagging jawline. I'm talking about GenuCell and GenuCell's immediate effects. You can see results in 12 hours guaranteed, 12 Hours And they promise those results, promise results that you're going to fall in love with, or you get 100% of your money back. That's pretty nice, because you might say, I don't believe I'm going to get results in 12 hours. Well, try it, and if it doesn't work, you'll get your money back. Now's the time for uh, GenuCell, uh, and give yourself, either or yourself or maybe a gift, um, give yourself the gift of great skincare, like millions of others. Go to lovegenucell.com stew. Save over 60% on GenuCell's most popular package. And your GenuCell's uh, most popular package order includes the GenuCell Revitalizing Night Repair Cream, free at checkout. Oh, yeah. It's lovegenucell.com stew. Love, G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com stew. It's lovegenucell.com stew. I'm happy to welcome Jason Kilmeyer back to the program. He's a counterterrorism and foreign policy expert. You can keep up with his work at Jason dot com. Jason, how you doing? Stu, thanks for having me today. Yeah, I appreciate it. I wish it was in better circumstances, honestly. Um, I want to get into the president's press conference yesterday and the fallout um, about all of that here in a second. But let's start at the, the basics here, because. I feel like I could read one report that says, you know, Russia is seconds away from invading Ukraine and there are huge consequences to that. And then the next report says, well, maybe they're just building it up and they're just trying to threaten them and intimidate them. Where do we stand with this and what do we think is actually happening?
1: Stu, I think that Vladimir Putin has not actually decided on the timing yet. I think that he was growing uncomfortable with the stubbornness of uh, the Ukrainian people uh, based out of the capital in the West. And the fact that uh, he had not succeeded in some, some of his uh, original goals. He continued with the encirclement using Belarus, uh, putting additional pressure on Ukraine in the Black Sea and the Sea of Azov. And I think he grew unhappy with that status quo. And so I think an incursion of some type is likely to reset that balance. And I think one of the Elements of that was Turkey had been selling Ukraine certain weapons that may have tipped the balance further in Kiev's favor. Um, Whether or not this, again, results in a full scale invasion or just some type of incursion to reset that power balance, I think that's Putin's ultimate goal.
0: How much of this, uh, when it comes to where he goes next, has to do with what happened earlier with Crimea? He was obviously taught lessons there. Uh, There's a lot of talk about it. Uh, A lot of people complained about what happened with Crimea, but was there enough done to dissuade him from doing something like this later on?
1: Stu, clearly not. And I think that the dictatorships around the world are now pricing in financial sanctions into their activity. We've relied on financial sanctions as a tool far too often. The limited military support that we've sent Ukraine um, clearly has not served as a deterrent. And so... Where these dictatorships stand, right? whether it's Chinese behavior, whether it's Putin's behavior, whether it's Iranian behavior is, hey, if we're willing to take the financial hit uh, uh, and hits in which some of the countries in Europe will eventually want to walk back anyways, our freedom of movement is essentially unconstrained. Mm. And so what we're seeing, to your point, is the collapse of any credible deterrence. And I don't think we'll like the things that are going to follow.
0: Yeah. You know, it seems like before yesterday's press conference, there was already basically messaging from our government that said, look, the max penalty here is going to be financial. Uh, That's all we're going to do. We want to have that to you up front. So, you know, that when you're making your decisions, it seems to me to be a terrible way to message, uh, um, uh, you know, a, a potential set of consequences before a conflict begins.
1: Yeah, whatever the opposite of art of the deal is, is what we've seen from <laughs> Biden in the past couple of weeks. Uh, and, and again, the comments yesterday and then giving up the farm earlier. Mm. And so one of the things that you know we're sort of struggling with, if you think about the comments from yesterday, a congressional delegation had gone to Ukraine to send support. Senior policymakers, uh, 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 some, some, some right senators who are deeply involved in foreign policy, they got back Tuesday night and went to the White House to talk with President Biden about this. Um, Secretary of State Blinken landed in Kiev on Wednesday, again to show solidarity. And with Biden's loose statements, he undercut all of that in just a few sentences.
0: Yeah, this press conference was I was literally scared watching it. I, I felt like we he could have talked us into a war. Uh, it felt like we were on the edge. And, you know, he just keeps rambling and rambling. And I don't know that he has any idea where he's going. He said things like you know, eventually Russia will overrun Ukraine if they get into a conflict, but it'll cost them, you know, it'll be it'll be costly to them. Now, something like that we all kind of know is true, right? If Russia really wanted to have a land war in Ukraine, it would probably eventually win. But that's not the type of thing you say about an ally in public, is it?
1: No. And, and to your point, Stu, I appreciate that you, you made that point, which is, Biden was not wrong in the sense that we are not united with Berlin and Paris right now about what those sanctions are going to look like. And that Mm. is a weakness of this Western alliance. But Joe Biden has been on discipline for 50 years, and all that America has done is reward him for it. Mm. Um, So we don't expect that to change. What has to change is that underlying calculation. It feels different, Stu, doesn't it? Like the past year – Foreign policy seems unsettled. There's sort of a pall that has settled in. And every time Biden takes the stage like this, it's actually destabilizing. And that's the reality that we're sort of coping with now from Afghanistan, now to Ukraine.
0: Really, destabilizing is the right word. Um, Let's talk about maybe the the biggest uh, moment of newsmaking uh, in the press conference when it comes to Russia and Ukraine where the president discussed this idea of a minor incursion, giving this idea that, well, if they go in there really hard, we're going to be even meaner to them. But if it's just a minor incursion, you know, we'll have to see how that goes. This is a, I mean, this is a completely insane uh, message to send to Vladimir Putin. And it felt like he was just making it up as he went along.
1: That's very possible. Uh, You know, we all know it doesn't matter what he was briefed on beforehand, uh, uh, doesn't translate to what's going to come out, but to, to to make that point really seriously, Stu, um, the 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 basis of the international system, the international order, is the idea of the inviolability of uh, sovereign states, mm-hmm. that those lines are sacrosanct. So the very second we admit that there will be minor consequences for that type of incursion, think about not just the message that sends to Vladimir Putin, but to the other dictatorships around the world we are starting to see right now the formation of blocks b l o c s hmm. and the message that that sends to iran and to china and to north korea which has seen putin be rewarded for his belligerency and is starting to act up again could not be a worse message to send at the wor- at a worse
0: time what do we make of these sort of newly forming blocks so the, this this is kind of i mean you know, Russia's is, is bad enough on its own, but working seemingly with Iran, with China, these alliances are forming and uh, they just don't seem to have the healthy fear of the United States that they used to have.
1: Yeah, and Stu, you know, I think the United States is in this moment where we wanna look inwards, right? And, and I understand why, when you and I talked about Afghanistan a while back, right? We, we recognized it was the end of this era where the American people said, you know, hey, we don't want to babysit countries for 20 years at a time anymore. Mm -hmm. And, you know, hey, we bought a lot of McMansions out in Virginia and Maryland. Um, So that era is coming to a close. And what America hasn't decided yet is what we're going to fill this next era of foreign policy with. So there's a vacuum that has been created. and, And my fear, Stu, exactly to the point that you're saying that healthy fear is gone, is what happens next if the United States cannot identify what its red lines are and establish a healthy domestic consensus. I'm afraid that that's the path to major conflict. What Joe Biden is doing is the most likely path for us to stumble into conflict.
0: Mm. It's it's absolutely terrifying. And you watched uh, people like Jen Psaki today out there. I mean, I almost felt bad for Jen Psaki today, trying to do the constant walk back of almost every sentence uttered in an hour and 40 minute press conference. But I mean, what does this tell us? It shows to me at least, that this administration is, uh, in a way, almost embarrassed about what's going on. I mean, I I know I'm embarrassed by it, but I'm a critic. Uh, It seems like the people working with Joe Biden are as embarrassed and scared of the outcomes that could come from just him off the cuff talking to reporters. That's not the way it's supposed to be.
1: No. And Stu, whenever we see the warts this clearly, in, uh, in the sausage being made in foreign policy, that's not a good thing regardless of who's a critic and who's not, right? Mm-hmm. And we can all sense that, that, we're all Americans. We do not want America to look like this around the world. The challenge that this administration has is not just cleaning that stuff up, but it is their foreign policy assumptions in this first year have been objectively proven wrong. I mean, it's just, it, it is clear to see that the, the bets they made on foreign policy have failed. And so what I'm nervous about, too, is regardless of how Jansaki cleans it up, if we don't see a serious reorientation of priorities and of emphasis and some new thinking, I'm afraid what things are going to look like if we're having this conversation one year from today.
0: Jeez, I I am, too. I I will say, you know, I had this feeling. This is a bizarre thing to admit, but I was watching the press conference and as these reporters were asking uh, questions about Russia, you know, as someone who does a conservative show, who does not like Joe Biden generally or his politics, um, not rooting for him in every election, you know, like I, I, usually when he stumbles and he makes mistakes, you know, there's a, a very slight Uh, silent glee uh, inside of me because I, you know, like I don't like his policies and I don't want them uh, to to be passed. I don't I don't like what the direction he's taking the country. But in the middle of the press conference, I found myself almost yelling out to the reporters to stop asking about this stuff because i felt like there was a chance he was going to walk us into a massive conflict where god only knows how many people paid for with their lives this is real stuff here this is not you know some silly debate or some you know you know local politics that joe biden has been playing in for so many years This is like, this is world, you know, uh, world uh, stage type of stuff. And he seems completely unprepared for it. And I was terrified he was going to walk us into something without even intending to.
1: Stu, this is how we have seen foreign policy play out for the better part of a year. I don't like the part of the movie we're in as it relates to these foreign powers that are circling. And what we have to remind ourselves, right, is uh, 100 years ago, um, there was global catastrophe. We are no wiser than those Americans 100 years ago that found themselves in extraordinarily serious uh, conflicts uh, and extraordinarily uncertain times. Now, we have to remind ourselves that if we put pressure on our lawmakers, and there is obvious evidence um, that Joe Biden is not up to the task. And so to your point, I take no additional glee in it either. What we need is some show of competence and some display of deterrence again, or I think things could get bad if not in the next year, if not in the next two years, but certainly by the end of this decade.
0: Uh, Jason, uh, last one here for you, but about 30 seconds. If you're a a dad and you're in Ukraine and you see all this stuff going on, what, what are you afraid of? What do you expect here in the next few months?
1: Yeah, I think if you're in Ukraine or, or we could say, if you were in Kazakhstan protesting two weeks ago, the, the answer around the world is no one is coming to help you. Not really, not anymore. Mm. And they have to decide whether or not, right, they will surrender. And I don't think that'll be the answer for Ukraine or whether or not they're willing to die fighting Vladimir Putin. He has determined, Vladimir Putin, that he wants to have a say in the security architecture of Kazakhstan, of Ukraine, of these countries. And again, the world has signaled, we are not willing to put up a fight to stop that. So those guys have dark days ahead um, in Ukraine, but hopefully uh, the West will find a way to push back against Putin effectively so far, it simply hasn't.
0: Mm, and you wonder what that means for Taiwan and so many other places around the globe. Jason Kilmeyer, counterterrorism and foreign policy expert. Be sure to check out jasonkilmeyer.com. Check out check him out on Twitter as well. Jason, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Stu. So if you're trying to buy or sell a home in times like this, you know it can be challenging. The market's going crazy. Uh, everything's more expensive than it used to be. People are coming in and outbidding you when you go in and do you keep raising your bid? Do you chase those prices? What do you do if you're selling your home? uh, Do you wait for a better offer? Now's the time. One of those offers might just come. That's why you need a real estate agent who can understand the market, who can come in and take charge of the situation, who can help you out with legitimate, good, accurate, sober advice in a time that you really need it. Realestateagentsitrust.com is Glenn's company. Of course, he started it many years ago to help you find the best real estate agent in your area Check it out. The name says it all, realestateagentsitrust.com. You can get more information there, realestateagentsitrust.com. All right, who's ready to party? Yeah, this is the show that brings you semi-occasional power hours. You know, that's what we do here. Every once in a while, you can go back and watch these on YouTube. They're always really fun. Uh, One shot of beer per minute for an hour gets a little messy, gets a little ridiculous. It's a lot of fun and it's a, you know idiotic way to spend an evening. Um, and it was kind of based on a college drinking game, right? This is something that you may have done in college or you may know someone who did something like that in college, uh, not you of course, you're far too prim and proper for that type of activity, uh, but a lot of people have done that. Well, things have changed a little bit, okay? If you were in college a while ago, you might have thought, hey, you know, people are going out. They're having a good time, maybe making some silly mistakes and, you know, embarrassing themselves here and there, uh, doing some stuff that maybe they shouldn't. But, you know, nothing too crazy. Right. That's college. Right. That's kind of the way it is. Well, not anymore. Uh, Definitely not anymore. At USC, though, the college life is coming back and they are going to now allow fraternity parties to return as long as there are guards set up by the bedrooms. That is legitimately what their policy is. Apparently they had, I mean, they're, they, they mentioned one specific sexual assault, which obviously is horrible, and some other reports of students alleging they had been drugged at a particular party last year. So they implemented a big policy, no more fraternity parties. Um, and I guess there's the fraternity rush going on, which they say in the article here is required to be alcohol free. What is a fraternity, fraternity rush that's alcohol-free? I don't even know what that is. That just seems like a bunch of, bunch of people hanging out. Like, I, I don't know that it's anything. It seems like it would be really exciting, though. Uh, but just don't worry. If you're going to hook up with someone after your crazy night of drinking, just ask the guard if it's OK. And I guess they'll sit there and watch to make sure it goes OK. Sounds like someone had a really weird, weird, weird idea uh, coming up with this policy. But I don't know. Maybe they'll stay outside the doors, which I don't know what that would stop. Because then I, I mean, it, I just OK, I'm going to just move on from that one uh, in uh, in New York. Bill de Blasio, the ghost of Bill de Blasio, still haunting the city. Uh, He approved and he was on board with this as well. A Teddy Roosevelt statue is being removed from outside a New York City museum. Now, I'm no fan of Teddy Roosevelt, big progressive, Um, you know, and I don't I am not a huge fan of of his presidency by any means. Uh, But can we show the actual statue? This is the statue. Now, I will admit, I don't remember ever seeing this when we lived in New York. I don't think I ever checked it out. Um, but looking at the picture of it, it looks to be had Teddy Roosevelt on a horse and walking next to him is an maybe I guess what they're saying is an African-American. I, I mean, it's actually green, so I can't really tell. Uh, and also, I guess maybe a Native American. At least that's what the articles are saying. And I guess what they're they're saying, it's it has something to do with racial sub uh, subjugation, which I don't know. Walking next to a guy who was one to being president of the United States. It doesn't sound like. I can't tell maybe from maybe the people are in chains or something that I can't see it. All I know is they're just tearing down all these statutes instead of instead of saying like, hey, here's something that we we could learn from. Uh, it's now being shipped off, I think, to North Dakota. <laughs> so if you want to go there now, you can go see the statue in in North Dakota. Now, I know if you were not offended by that, you are offended by m and m and are one of the most offensive things uh, in our society, as you know. First of all, uh, they they seem to be alive in all the commercials um, and then people just go back and eat them. So I don't know what that means. It seems mean is what it means. It seems like to me. Uh, But that's not why they're being corrected this time. They're getting a new look. Um, Why? I guess they want more diversity. Now, I don't know how much more diverse you can get. I mean, you've got all the colors of the rainbow, basically, and the M&M's. Here they are before and after. And I'm I'm looking at them now with you and I don't really see any difference (laughs) per se. Now, the article explains some differences. So look at this. If you happen to be watching and and not listening on podcast, you can look closely, see if you can detect the differences. The most noticeable change explains CNN without irony. Um, New shoes. Uh, Green has swapped her go go boots for sneakers Brown M&Ms are sporting a lower, more sensible heel. Red and yellow shoes are now have laces. Orange shoes are no longer untied. I guess what was orange an idiot before. Is that he couldn't tie his own shoes? That was the that's not right. Blues shoes are not changed, um, but uh, they describe a bad version. They're described as a bad version of Uggs. So okay. seriously, could we be any dumber? would be any dumber. We're, we're, we're making M&Ms more diverse. Is, that, is this a serious place? Oh, no wonder Russia thinks they can do whatever the hell they want. Like These people, wait, well, they're going to do what with M&Ms? Yeah, okay, let's just go into Ukraine right now. Just, just take the whole thing over. Why are we, why are we bothering with this? Wait, they want guards at all the parties, and they want M&Ms to be more diverse, and they're getting rid of their statues of their president. I think it's time to roll the tanks in, right? I mean, I think it's time. Uh, But it gets even dumber than that. Let me give you this one. This is from Sports Illustrated. I found this to be fascinating. Um, Can we see the graphic here? This is uh, being posted, I guess, all over Sports Illustrated. And basically what it says, it's obviously very small print there. But uh, to give you a a generalized sense of what it actually says, it says um, Sports Illustrated is marking its the swimsuit issue. It's about that. Um, And it's uh, the first issue uh, with the announcement of a new advertising standard which will only uh, allow brands who are helping drive gender equality to be featured in the magazine. So we're not talking about like them endorsing. It. We're talking about advertisers. You ha- to advertise in the sports illustrated swimsuit issue. You have to be quote furthering gender e- equity. I-, I don't know how you do that. Like how does, how does Burger King do that? Do they need a burger queen? I don't know, but I'm telling you, this thing is directly out of uh, Glenn's new book, uh, The Great Reset. You see how this works? This is not a new law. This is not Joe Biden saying every company must do X, Y and Z. This is some weird standard set by some investment firm pressuring uh, with pressure groups jumping in and saying, hey, Sports Illustrated don't allow advertisers that don't. Align with crazy left-wing ideology, and if they don't align with the ideology, we won't let you advertise. You can't. Your business is basically toast because you're not going to be able to do, you know, uh, advertise. Now, this is just one magazine. Now, um, of course, we've seen many other examples of this as well. The entire book uh, is basically on this and how this works uh, with all the players and everything. You're really going to like it. Now, uh, it's, it's called The Great Reset, uh, Joe Biden and the Rise of 21st Century Fascism. It's by Glenn Beck. He had about six times as many books sold this week as anyone else. Um, and we know that because we have the actual book scan results. And of course, that was good enough for number 12 on the New York Times bestseller list. He had six times as many books as anyone else on the list. Uh, Except for one other person, I think he only doubled or tripled that person, but uh, bottom line is it's crazy. And I will say, it's hard to get right now. Uh, The books aren't available pretty much anywhere. If you go to Amazon, I will say this, though. If you go to Amazon, you can get the Kindle version, which I would highly encourage you to do, but they do have a couple hardcovers on there now. It's because people, enterprising capitalists like you and I, uh, may be putting those up there at a little bit of a markup, a little bit of a market adjustment rate. Like 45 bucks a book, which is crazy. And I will say I would I obviously would not do something like that. I think that's wrong. You should read the book, maybe give it to someone else um, and let them read it, too, because the information is important. But I will say this. I would be incredibly disappointed if I were to happen to leave this book right here overnight. Um, And uh, and when I came back, it wasn't there. Because, you know, it's a, hot, it's a hot item right now. So if I were to leave it right here, right here, right here, and then maybe, like, I came back tomorrow and maybe there's a 20 there. Maybe there's a, you know, nothing to do with the book, but, like, if there was a, obviously, you find a $20 bill, you're going to pick it up, you know. Uh, so so this, is the, this is a book. It's going for about $45 right now on, on Amazon. I'm just going to leave it right here um, after the show, and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens back in a second. This winter, you can upgrade your daily routine with Bespoke Post and their new seasonal lineup of must-have Box of Awesome collections. No matter what you're into, Box of Awesome has you covered. From winter cocktails to cozy threads and camping gear essentials, Box of Awesome has collections for every part of your life. You know what I got at my house? I got an axe. I mean, you look at me and you're like, that guy probably chops a lot of wood and uh, you'd be right on the money with that one. And it's cool. It's a, it's it's definitely the coolest ax I've ever seen in my life. And I got it in a box of awesome because box of awesomes are awesome. Box of awesome Take the quiz at box of uh, Your answers will help them pick the right box of awesome for you. New boxes every month, tons of different categories. It's free to sign up. You can skip a month anytime, You can cancel any time. They, they cost $45, bucks, uh, but there's more than $70 worth of gear inside. And I will tell you, usually way more than $70 worth of gear. This is an awesome present, too, if you know someone uh, with, a, with a birthday or whatever coming up. Get 20% off your first month, uh, monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code Stu at checkout. That's how they know you like this stupid show. Plus, you get 20% off. Why not do it? Box of awesome. Awesome. Com. Code is stew for 20% off your first box. A couple of stories to update you on here today. Yesterday we talked to you about Nancy Pelosi, um, who, by the way, sucks. Nancy Pelosi sucks pen.com. Nancy Pelosi sucks pen.com. Nancy Pelosi sucks pen.com. She wanted to basically block an effort to prevent Congress people from trading stocks because it seems like kind of shady. They're getting lots of inside info. They probably shouldn't be trading stocks. Of course, she wants the money, so she wanted to keep this thing going. She's now seeing the political ramifications of this, uh, that it's not very popular, uh, her position. So she now says, if members want to do that, I'm okay with that. So that one is uh, seemingly turning around potentially. Uh, And, of course, the big news was uh, Manchin and Cinema held their line. And they said they're not going to overturn the filibuster for the voting rights bill, despite being called, I think, Jim Crow and... Uh, and uh, you know George Wallace and all sorts of other terrible things. I didn't know that they were uh, Mansion and Cinema were racist, but apparently they are. And uh, they uh, held the line, and the overturn of the filibuster failed 52 to 48. They could not get enough uh, votes to get this federalization of elections through. This is the thing, by the way, if you remember from the press conference that Joe Biden said, if it didn't pass, basically you could not depend on our elections. That was another thing Jen Psaki spent the day trying to uh, backtrack her way out of, but he was very clear multiple times. You can't trust elections unless we pass this bill. Now, I can't wait to hear more about how Republicans are creating doubt in our democracy, but I assume that's coming tomorrow anyway. Okay, so here's what happened. In West Virginia, a reporter is doing a report on the street about the winter weather and how slippery the roads are. And she's standing right by the road. And then, here's what happened. And now we're starting to experience, unfortunately, in freeze-thaw, we see this, water main breaks. hit by a car, but I'm okay. I just got hit by a car, but I'm okay, Tim. That's first for you on TV, Jory. We're all good. I'm okay. Yeah, you know, that's live TV for you. It's all good. I actually got hit by a car in college, too, just like that. Wow. That's the greatest thing to say ever after being hit by a car. I got hit by a car in college just like that. What? what? This has already happened to you? I love the anchors' response. Well, that's the first time for you TV there, Tori. Apparently it was like her last week of work on the job. Uh, I don't know. I mean, did the person stop that hit her with a freaking car? Is there any news on that? I'll never forget when the, when Glenn first got the show uh, for CNN headline news, we were in New York city in Times Square and I had a camera and I was walking around with Glenn and I'm not a cameraman as you may know. And I remember like he was walking on the islands in the middle of Times square and I was following him like this, like in front of him facing backwards, walking backwards with the camera facing towards Glen. And then I just remember taking a step off the curb and realizing I was in the middle of the freaking street with cars whizzing by me and one, I mean, I could feel the breeze from this thing. I think the mirror kind of hit me, I'm suing.